Yo, 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 frankly speaking, you know what it is. Um, doing a little introduction here, and if I may say so myself, this is a very fun and phenomenal episode. Got my movie club buddy, buddy, Libby B, bringing the energy and the fire takes as we bring it back again to talk Oscars, movies, in the year that was 2020, which, spoiler alert, was just as wacky and game-changing in hindsight as it was real-time. And uh, just like last year, we taped it before the Oscars, so it's full of predictions, analysis, and bold takes. And yo, some of these takes are bold and spicy. Uh, the analysis is spot on as well. However, if you watch the Oscars, which apparently wasn't a lot of you, our predictions weren't quite as crisp. But you'll hear about that. Congrats to Nomadland, by the way, which was the big winner of the night. A night which, to be honest, was kind of a mess which I guess was appropriate for 2020. Uh, as I mentioned, ratings were the lowest ever. Woof. Um, I'm a cord cutter myself. Got a kajillion streaming services, but no cable or any of that. So I didn't even have access. Uh, finally figured out how to get access later in the night with one of those subscription TV trial hookups. And when I turned it on, it was the best picture. So here I'm thinking I missed the acting categories, but no, they moved those around. So after I got to see Nomadland win, then we got Frances McDormand defeating our picks, Viola Davis and Carrie Mulligan, to get her record third Oscar. More than anybody other than Katherine Hepburn. So congrats to her. Eyebrow in the air, but you know. And then they ended the show with the Best Actor Award. However, instead of going with the late, great Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, and uh, giving him his flowers... For the impact he's had on the industry from um, 42 to the Black Panther, all the black icons he's played um, before he unfortunately succumbed to cancer out of nowhere in 2020, one of the wildest developments of the year. Um, and instead of celebrating his final performance, which was filmed while he was dying of cancer, uh, they gave his flowers to Anthony Hopkins again was out of town and he was just like yo leave him on the porch I'll pick him up when I get back and that was the end of the show and uh <laughs> a lot of people were pissed and I guess I gotta be honest I was one of those people and I mean I don't know why because I, I should be used to this you know in 93 uh it was Pacino's time so he got the Oscar over Denzel who was absolutely phenomenal as Malcolm X and then Flipped to 1995, and they were like, uh, it's Martin Landau's time. So he got the Oscar over Samuel L. Jackson in his iconic Jules Winfield role, who is one of the most famous characters ever. I'd put him up there with um, Heath Ledger's Joker and Hannibal Lecter himself, except he was just as intimidating, but much cooler, much funnier. Great performance, didn't get his flowers. And then in 2007... When it was time for Eddie Murphy to get his flowers, they were like, uh, hold on a second. Uh, it's Alan Arkin's time. And so, you know, this year, even though I admit that the Chadwick Boseman performance wasn't my favorite performance of the year, and you could argue other performances may have been better, I, you know, will tell you who I thought was the better performance, but <sighs> he's a legend. He's a hero. I wanted to see him recognized, and I'm tired of black excellence not getting the accolades and opportunities it's earned and achieved, you know? Um, 
you know, tired of seeing and hearing greatness from people that look like me dismissed as good, but, and then specifically in regards to the Oscars, I'm tired of turning them on and watching them step over my heroes to award another crotchety old fart running around generally being a dick to everybody before maybe he has a change of heart. And then they're like, Oscar love, it's your turn, it's your turn. So, you know, but I digress because we'll cover this and we'll cover a whole bunch of other stuff. And like I said, I really, really enjoy this episode. So I'm going to stop talking. Uh, enjoy the Hindsight 2020 Movies and Oscar pregame podcast with me and Libby B. Good, good stuff. And catch you on the flip. What's the good word? Coming to you live from the new Hugo Studios, the new podcast lab, and got one of my good friends on the return with me, Libby. Libby Brown, what's going on, Libby B? <laughs> hey, Frank, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> Man, I'm chilling. I'm Great. chilling. I'm ready to talk movies again. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, it's been a while since we did our last podcast mm -hmm. together. More than a year. It's yeah, it's been a very long time since it was. Uh, the Oscars have been moved back and all that. So, <laughs> I mean, it feels like ten years. You know, elephant it, in the room. It does. It does. Like I was looking at um, the movies that I saw um, early to early twenty twenty. The Gentleman, Birds of Prey. Those were the movie club movies that yep. we. That that feels like five years ago. <laughs> it really does. It really does. In fact, we even mentioned. On the podcast we that we were going to be like birds of prey and gentlemen, and we were yeah. excited. Like, hopefully, this year is as good as last year's movies because right. last year had a lot Pretty of good, good movies, and then 2020 was like, hold my corona. Right. <laughs> right. You know, we lost movies. We, we lost. We lost movie theaters. Mm -hmm. They they for the first time in my life, they just got taken off the table. Right. It was a shocking thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You yeah. Know? And some of them, like we we talked about the Manor Twin last year, R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, so the Regal still hasn't reopened. Yes. Um, it's yeah the lim the limitations of like what's at a what's been at AMC. Yes. Is, um, is has been interesting. Um, because at first they were doing like the old school movies, and then right. they as they started to get more movies released, they start to put them in theaters, some of which I'm like, no, nah, I'm good on that. Right, Even right. As much as I miss theaters. I did make it out, did make it out to the theater um, some. I, um, I think that a full movie theater is probably one of the dangerous things you could do, or a full just theater in general. But um, I feel like they were doing it pretty safely with the distancing and mask and um, cleaning in between the movies and everything. So I feel like it's been pretty safe. Absolutely. And yeah. people have been staying away. Yeah, that's you know? true. So there, there's not there that There are no there. full movie theaters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> but it's interesting because, you know, I'm a movie guy. Mm -hmm. We're in the movie club. So mm -hmm. one of the gimmicks was going to movie theaters. Exactly. And, you know, it affects 
how you watch movies because one of the reasons I love movie theaters is just the concentration I right. have. I'm not on my phone. I'm not going up to my refrigerator or mm-hmm. running to the bathroom every five seconds mm-hmm. or doing whatever. I'm watching the movie. Right. And, you know, this year... I saw four movies in theaters. That was like kind of freaking out a little yeah. bit. I had a I had a literal freak out one day because wow. so much stuff I couldn't do anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I can't travel. It was it was one of those days where pre getting back into politics, right? You know, and I'm not going to talk too much about that, but. <laughs> Donald Trump says something egregious on Twitter, mm-hmm. and the normal things I like to do, like go on vacation or, you know, go to a movie theater and sit by myself, or mm-hmm. even thinking about, all right, where am I going to go for a museum? You know right, what I mean? Right. Where, where, I need some culture. Where or can I do? Go out to dinner. Or or go out, exactly, yeah. go out <laughs> to dinner. So, you know, that stuff was just not happening, right. and I was. <laughs> like freaking out. And then that yeah. was ironically one of the Michael B. Jordan days. Oh, okay. Um, where and I think it was like the the one with Spider Man and Hook. Okay. Because I wasn't gonna go see him. Uh-huh. But I was freaking out so much. I was like, you know what? I wanna the drive in is the move. I'm gonna do this. Cause right, right. Yeah, that was really cool. He sponsored, he did a sponsor. Um, free Wednesdays at the, like every other Wednesday for about eight weeks, maybe a little, maybe even a little longer. Um, yeah, I just, I just went, I just went to one of those, um, saw, what did I see there? Uh, you might've went for Coming to Coming America. To America. Coming That's to right. America. Coming to America. Fantastic so. movie. But saw several movies at the drive-in, um, which was really fun. That was definitely my favorite thing of this past year. Um. So that was good. <laughs> yeah, that was that. You know, because that's what happened was, you know, you you lose movie theaters, mm-hmm. and then you also lost new movies for a while. Right. And so that's when they started doing like the the um, old school movies, yes. and you get the old school double feature. Uh, Jurassic Park was with Jaws. Ah, uh, yes, yes, and that was great. That was. That was the best time. So that, that was, was really fun. Those are two. Of, those are two of my favorite movies. Um, so that that was really great. That was one where I know I had seen Jaws when I was younger, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I it, it was so long ago that I really was like, oh wow, I don't remember this movie like right. that. Right. Yeah, that's probably true for me too. Is that like I'd I'd seen it before probably a couple of times, but um, that was really the first time I'd sat and actually watched it. So. <laughs> But I really enjoyed it. I definitely, definitely added it to my favorite movies, favorite <laughs> movies list after that. <laughs> yeah, I, I the driving was such a like an oasis. Yes, you know. Yeah. And then with the snacks, they had the funnel fries, the funnel cake fries. Right. right. And, yeah, know. that's it's a really it's a really fun place. The Baden driving. Yeah, shout and, out to uh, um, Baden Salisbury. Room. Is that where it is? Abermore. Albemarle. Okay. Yeah, Abermore. Uh, the uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a little bit of a trek, but it's it's really fun. Um, and it's fun. and the best part is the uh, cheap food. <laughs> it's like Facts. I spend so I spend so much money on food there because it's all because you can it's all cheap. So yeah, really. Like I, I feel like movie theaters have got it wrong. Like they're you know how they're charging. I know they don't make a lot of money on the actual movie, but just overcharging for the. For the um, snacks and stuff, it just that just doesn't make any sense. It's prohibitive. To me. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm know? just never gonna buy, you know, 
twenty dollars yeah. in popcorn <laughs> yeah. and soda. Yeah. Like yeah. your your popcorn and your soda is seventeen eighty nine. Right. Like what? Yeah. But yes. So now let's excuse me. Let's get back to twenty twenty movies because sure. we talked about the drive in, mm-hmm. and then those were the old movies. But then what you started to see happen was the emergence of new movies, but through like streaming and like home platforms and stuff like that. Right. Which was a brand new experience to the degree that it was happening. We had seen some movies come out before, but now this is like the main track of how you're getting your movies. Right, right. And how you're consuming them. So like how did that in your mind, like, affect your viewing of movies. Obviously, that's the only way to watch movies. Mm-hmm. Was it, like, kind of cool experience having movies at home? Was it, like, you really miss theaters? I think I, I really miss theaters. I mean, it definitely, um, it's hard, It's a little bit harder for me, you know, especially with iPhones and everything. It's like, I'm, I'm going to start pausing the movie, researching the cast, <laughs> <laughs> what was this person in, you know, and I might uh, sneak that a little bit in the theater, but you can't, you can't do that, you know, to the extent. So I might just like look up the cast and be like, oh, okay, I know who that person is. But, um, but at home, I'm going to, I'm going to pause it. I'm going <laughs> to start reading about their career, you know, all <laughs> so, um, so it was, it was difficult. I mean, I wouldn't say I did that with every movie, but, um, but that's something that I'm, that I tend to do with, uh, watching movies at home and see that's interesting because that allows you to do like an interactive mm-hmm. watch yeah. with the movie but that's not necessarily the function of movies right yeah it's not re- it's not the same thing and so yeah, yeah and and i kind of had the same problem i didn't watch a lot of movies in 2020 mm-hmm. which is funny because we're about to do this 2020 review mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well let me rephrase that i didn't watch a lot of the new movies okay I was watching old movies that I hadn't seen and buddy movies. You know, I did some of my podcasts about, like, John um, Hughes Mm -hmm. and Harrison Ford and go through themes and stuff. And then, like I said, I I went back to work, and I didn't have any time at all. I was working long hours. So it was like 2021 was when I went back, sort of. (laughs) Uh and watched all the movies that had previously come out. Right. And then they kept releasing new movies in 2021 that were supposed to technically be from 2020. And so now we got the Oscars, and so the Oscars have been extended, and so all these 2021 movies and missed 2020 movies are now the movies that I'm, like, rushing to watch and checking out and stuff. Yeah, I think that's going to be really confusing. Go Like, you know, and... 15 years when you look back and say, like, oh, is this a 2020 movie? Is this a 2021 movie? Was this, you know, oh, it got an award for a 2020, but it actually came out in 2021. It's just, you know. So. You're right, but it's, it's, but all of it's going to have the, the corona asterisks. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Because it's just like that year was wild. Right, maybe. and I guess maybe because it was 2020, you know, we'll always remember that. But always. Maybe, maybe, so maybe not 20 years from now, but maybe like 50 years from now. They're going to be looking back at <laughs> 2020 be, like, yo, they confused. was wilding out there. Yeah. Like, what, what were they doing? Like, yeah. there was no rules apparently at right, all. Right, <laughs> And uh, that they allowed some movies that uh, were only streaming that, di- that didn't actually make it into the theater at all. Uh, they allowed some of those movies to compete this year. You know, I'm really going to get to that because some of these movies, it's weird, 
because there's no rules. Mm -hmm. Some of these movies felt like made-for-television movies. True. And I do not honor them as Oscar movies <laughs> in my mind. I'm just like, no, that was, that's not an Oscar movie. Let's be real about this. Mm -hmm. Let's be reasonable. It is all subjective, but the Academy that makes the rules was really like, we don't have any rules this year. Right. We just going, I don't know. And so you have a very interesting slate of movies that are genre-busting, mm -hmm. but mainly for the way they came out and not having a genre at all, right. more so than like being fascinating movies and things and, and really interesting. A lot of this is going to be about how movies came out. I think that's what we're going to be looking at 20, 50 years mm -hmm. down the road. Mm -hmm. Like 2020 was a was a flashpoint in how people consumed movies. Right. Right. Which hurts my feelings because <laughs> I think that means more streaming, mm -hmm. which I like less, you know, and we're not going to have movie theaters as we once did. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be more of a niche thing, you mm -hmm. know, where you have blockbusters and theater movies and then you have a couple independent art houses and cities that can sustain that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the majority of movies are going to go straight to streaming. Right. That's good because you're going to get more stories told, mm -hmm. more types of movies. And I guess with the awards being like they are, more recognition for some of these movies and mm -hmm. stuff, but it still is going to change how people make movies, how movies are seen, and the imp importance of movies culturally, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I know yeah. I threw a lot at you. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I'm, I'm nervous about that too. I mean, I have, I'm a little bit more optimistic, I think. I mean, I think the, uh, with HBO Max, like kind of doing the dual release at the same time. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think it's a good comp I think it was a good compromise for the for the pandemic, but um, I hope that 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 they go back to normal, <laughs> whatever normal is, normal. <laughs> uh, in, in next year or so. Um, you know, I I hope that they do focus focus more on theaters. I mean, I think there um, there definitely will be movies that don't. You know, just like there are now, there are movies that aren't made to get an Oscar. There are movies that aren't made to go into theaters, things True. like that. So um, I'm, I'm sure that that will expand some, but I'm hoping that I'm hoping that we'll get back to the theaters um, in a more regular way. Well, from your lips to God's ears, <laughs> the movie gods, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm ready for some movies. <laughs> um, before we get into the movies, okay. was there any, like, other thematic or like overall thing that you think in 20 years we'll be talking about something you know about these movies or movies in general hmm. um well I noticed a theme of the movies that a lot of movies are and I think movies in general are about this but a lot of the movies were about just like a failure to communicate mm. <laughs> And so it's like what we have here is a failure to, to communicate. communicate. And uh, uh, the um, I think that that's kind of an interesting theme for 2020 because I kind of feel like that's, you know, not to get too political, but I feel like that that's sort of what we have politically is a failure to communicate um, with um, just some Preach people, it. you know, not <laughs> understanding the uh, the need for mask or social distancing things like that with the with the pandemic and just uh people just unwilling to accept 
the reality of what's going on. Yo, that's hot <laughs> fire. That's hot fire right there. <laughs> Libby, pleasure to have you in the booth. Oh, uh, man, we're about to get into the Oscar movies, though, so we're going to take a quick pause for the cause, and then we'll be right back with the actual Oscar 2020 uh, rewind, hindsight, 2020 hindsight, rewind. <laughs> I like that one. We're back at it. Another shout out to Hugo Studios and the, the podcast here, CLT. Another shout out to uh, Libby B. <laughs> We're about to get into the Oscars. This yep. is part two. This is the sequel. Um, this was a very interesting year because, like we said, all these different changes. So it kind of made a bigger net cast. Right. And, you know, there are different components to a movie that I still judge the same. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For me, when I'm watching a movie, there's things like the acting. And then there's, like, the, 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 the craftsmanship of the movie. Right. And that's usually the director and his vision. You know, things like special effects, mm -hmm. how tight are they, the costume design, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And then the writing, and we talked about that last year, where it was movies that were director movies versus movies that were writer movies. Right. And last year we had a confluence of actual really good movies directed well and written well, mm -hmm. culminating with Parasite, right? which was, which to me, one of just a banger. Swept, yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> we, we talked about it, and we, we kind of yeah. were leaning towards that side. Right. We were like, I right. think Parasite is just so good, it's going to take all the Right, yeah. Um, so this year, though, like I said, we didn't have a parasite, no. you know, or even a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, but we did have some good performances mm -hmm. and different things. So, so right. let's start with some of the performances. Okay, you know, um, they hit us with the the Oscars every year, and they do this supporting versus lead actor, and they have a couple right. questionable things. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we, we can get into that, but I am going to start with. Um, the men's supporting actor. Okay. You know, because I think that's a very interesting one this year. Mm -hmm. um, what What was your take? So, I mean, when I saw the nominations, I I was confused about why um, Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield were both nominated as Best Supporting. It didn't make sense. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of... I don't know. I would probably say Lakeith Stanfield was the lead. I would I say would both of them. I liked both of those performances. Um, the movie, I know you don't really like biopics. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big fan of biopics. <laughs> yeah, but I, uh, I did enjoy the movie. Um, I think I could see them both deserving it, but I think that, you know, just when two people are nominated in the same category – I just think it's going to split it. They, they do cancel each other yeah. out. And so um, I really enjoyed the Paul Rassi performance. I enjoyed the Leslie Odom Jr. performance. And that, you know, One Night in Miami, I I really enjoyed that movie. That was one of my, one of my favorites this year. Um, it was so, a great movie. I, I did too. So my choice is going to be Leslie Odom Jr., um, I could see I could see either him or Paul Rassi winning it. 
I'm, I'm just not sure. It seems like this year there's been less, like, talk about the Oscars, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect like, sense. Last year I felt like I knew who was going to win, and this year I don't. I don't feel like that. Well, again, we just went through a year yeah. that was the weirdest of all time. Right. And right. so on top of that, a lot of these nominees were obscure movies. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That's one of the main things. My takeaway is that this year there weren't big movies mm -hmm. because we didn't have movie theaters. Right, right. So all these movies feel small comparatively mm -hmm. in terms of scale. Mm -hmm. And so that affects, you know, my viewing of them personally, but I think also broader in terms of, like, how big they are mm -hmm. and how mm -hmm. much the Oscars matter, which the Oscars matter less and less. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, <laughs> I'm not going to say much about this category, um, but I am going to drop a diss track on um, Sasha Baron Cohen in The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh -huh. That's one of the movies I eliminated from Oscar contention to mm -hmm. me. It just felt silly. It felt like a TV movie, it you did. know, and I, I didn't expect it to have any type of actual mm -hmm. Academy Award weight. I know it had names in it. Mm -hmm. But then Sasha Baron Cohen was ridiculous in the movie to me. <laughs> he, he, he was, like, doing a bit. And I know that's not mm -hmm. fair because he does bits. Right. But that's still the, how it felt. Like, mm -hmm. he had to choose this weird accent and try mm -hmm. and do all of this extra over-the-top stuff. And it was distracting. And the movie was a made-for-TV movie. And Borat got a bunch of awards this year. Mm -hmm. And they they kinging this guy. And that's the type of stuff where I'm like, <laughs> Why? This is the Oscars. Oscars are just, they'll, they'll show love to Borat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Show love to Borat. Mm -hmm. But they don't want to give Eddie Murphy any flowers when he does a comedic role, you know? Right. That right. type of stuff. That's why I'm like, mm, Oscar's still corny to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's, let's jump to the best actor because it's the same exact thing to me. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'm gonna pull up the nominees real quick, okay. but none of them are my choice for best actor. Shout out to Chadwick Boseman. Number one, rest in peace to Chadwick mm -hmm. Boseman. This is right. terrible. Yes. Terrible. One of the worst developments in a year full of awful developments, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, to find out that he had cancer for a while and mm -hmm. was fighting it and nobody knew. Yeah, and that now was a surprise. he's gone. Yeah. He's just gone. Yeah. You know. It was shocking because nobody, there was no clue of this. And he had so much star power and had been such an, an important part of the culture. Right. I mean, so, if you go back to supporting real quick, I would say that his role in The Five Bloods, I, I enjoyed that a little more, I would say, than, than Ma Rainey. Um, even though his, in Ma Rainey, his, that, that was a very powerful performance. But I'm just not sure it's, uh, it's to the level of... Uh, but see, and, actor. and that's why, you know, I am going to bring race and representation mm -hmm. into this conversation a few times today because I still have this feeling that the Oscars don't appreciate the complexity of black performances and black roles. Right. They have their preconceived notions of, you know, the struggle, you know, the man keeping them down mm -hmm. and slavery and civil rights and junkies and even snitches for you know the, under the government's thumb we had a couple of these you know uh -huh, uh -huh. in performances that I wasn't too favorable of you right, know right. um 
to me, I feel like we need to get past this idea of what people are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And we need to actually change our way of thinking and kind of look at these metrics of what people are doing and how important they are and what they mean to the culture and things mm -hmm. of that nature mm -hmm. and let them create great art, create great performances and be them and mm -hmm. then the awards will come. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you just keep giving out awards to show that these people exist, it's not going to build in the same way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're starting to see a change, but like... I hated the whole um, theme of U.S. versus Billie Holiday mm -hmm. and uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm -hmm. Both of them. I hated the theme of the movies mm -hmm. because it's like the man keeping you down, the right. man keeping right. you down, and at the end, the man that kept you down, and he walks away with the W. Mm -hmm. And it's like... We know that. We see that all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of seeing this mm -hmm. story. Like, yo. And that, and that that's what's awarded. And then yeah. they're like, here go awards, here go awards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, flip side, back to the Chadwick Boseman. That was a little rant, but I feel strongly about this. If you love Chadwick Boseman, give the man a Best Actor nomination and a Best Supporting Actor mm -hmm. nomination mm -hmm. and nominate the best actor of the year, Delroy Lindo, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and make the Five Bloods feel important. Right. This is one of the last defining moments of this man's life. Right. In a movie with Spike Lee, with a lot of interesting themes, and they ignored it this year, mm -hmm. and ignored two wonderful performances, two rich black performances. Mm -hmm. To me, Chadwick Boseman was more the black messiah in mm -hmm. the Five Bloods than the portrayal of Fred Hampton in The Black Messiah. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There was this otherworldly quality about the Chadwick Boseman role that, to me, he should have got the Oscar for that. And then Delroy Lindo as this tra traumatized, PTSD, Trump-supporting, mm -hmm. self-loathing for multiple reasons, mm -hmm. Vietnam vet mm -hmm. out here trying to keep his sanity together while he looking for gold with his homeboys. <laughs> I was like, this is a wild role. Yeah, yeah. He that was he was great. I mean, that was that was a great a great role for both of them. You know. And so to me, you know, that's the two mo movies I would have picked, but shout out to Rizamid. Uh-huh. Um I enjoyed that performance. Um, Anthony Hopkins. I'm not going to defend Anthony Hopkins. You can defend Anthony <laughs> Hopkins. He's fine. But I'll say that I'll say that he did have a lot to do in this movie. I mean, the movie The Father is. It's really interesting because you're watching it from the perspective of somebody with dementia, and that is just. It's. I mean, it's like a a powerful thing. I mean, it's not. Um, did it? Does it deserve all the nominations and everything? I don't know. Probably. Probably not, you know. Um, I would say Anthony Hopkins, I don't have a problem with the Best Actor nomination. I don't think he'll win. I think I think it'll probably be Chad, Chadwick Boseman, um, you know. But, at, but I just uh, – these other ones, like Gary Oldman – we haven't, we haven't talked about Mank at all. <laughs> Mank um, The Minari, uh, Stephen Young, um, I, thought he was, I thought he was really good. He was excellent. He um, was. 
So I would, I'll be happy if anybody but uh, Anthony Hopkins and Gary Oldman win. Um, but uh, I think it, I think the the word is probably that it's Chadwick Boseman. And see, I don't like the word being, because yeah. I don't think the performance was the best of the year. I, but I, I agree with you. I agree. And, but that's the politics yeah. of it, mm-hmm. and that's how they do. Yeah. Um, I'm just not into the, the, the trauma, grief, Oscar movies. I never have been a more, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got over that early. Once I saw how they were, mm-hmm. and they're the same beats, right. that right. I'm, I do feel they're a little exploitative for emotional reasons. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it also... There are people that love that cry and love right. to feel heard as well. Right. So, no so disrespect to that movie, but it's not my bag of tricks. So, so. Are, are you talking about Ma Rainey for um, trauma or all, all, all of, of all of all them? of them? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, I you know Ma Rainey a little too much trauma. Father a little too much trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I did even even um, Sound of Metal, which I love mm-hmm. like that. That's very moving, mm-hmm. but very manipulative, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. like an offense in the NFL, and you may not get this. <laughs> That's just, they call the plays, and everybody performs directly to what they're doing, and you're like, ooh, and ah, but it's a very mm-hmm. simple play. It's a very right. simple play, just executed well. So, right, right. you know, shout out to that. Shout out to all those performances. The Five Bloods, I need black roles to be appreciated more, which is going to segue right into the... Um, Best actresses. Okay. okay. Um, Andrew Day. I'm not gonna go into that too much, but she was a junkie. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, it, it was it was a, and she was getting beat, and mm-hmm. she's pulling off her clothes naked before she goes to jail for no reason except to literalize the idea of like she stripped mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. her humanity. Like it was, and it was just like badly made at every turn. The plots was. Terrible. The the dialogue was terrible. She was fine, but we talking Oscars. It's made for TV. Right, right. Yeah, I that's the only that's the only one of the major categories that I did not see. I did not see that movie. The I think you I think you might have talked me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, but uh, but yeah, I I heard. Like, she was interviewed a lot when that movie first came out, and so that makes me think, oh, you know, people are talking about it. It's a big deal. But um, it doesn't sound like I, – I just I – don't, I don't think it, it could have been the best performance. So. I mean, best is all subjective, but it, the movie is just so terrible. It's a ter- yeah. It is an objectively terrible movie. Uh-huh. So, so then you have – so I'm just – again, that's not n- really a nominee to me. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, the Oscar's going to Oscar, so we get two returning heavyweights, mm-hmm. Francis McDormand and Viola Davis, mm-hmm. heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Both, I believe, have multiple Oscars. I think Viola has a supporting, maybe two supportings. Um, she's had multiple nominations, I know. I know she's got at least at least one Oscar. Okay. I'm not I, sure. I'm I, not sure about that. I thought the... she won for Help and for Fences, but I could be wrong. I okay. could be wrong. And then... Frances McDormand does have two because she went back for Fargo. Yes. And then she has the other one for the um, billboards. Yes. Which was controversial in this yeah, day. Yeah, right. <laughs> she was great in both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, I think that's like a, a very powerhouse duo. Um, again, trauma, same with Nomadland. 
We talked about themes earlier. Mm-hmm. For me, it was these movies just were not enjoyable, so I won't uh-huh. watch them again. That's true. They were all very tough watches. You know, it's like yeah. okay, I, it's good. It's, mm-hmm. Some of them are just fine, not even good. Mm-hmm. But I'm never going to like <laughs> put the movie on and watch it in its entirety again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in a year with so many interesting movies, where you could pick anything and you chose to pick literally anything, mm-hmm. some of these movies, Nomadland again. Beautifully done, but I'm, are you ever gonna watch Nomadland again? Yeah, pro- probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so then, speaking of trauma, psh, Vanessa Kirby. Yes. I didn't even think about her for some reason. I I was like, I don't know what that movie is. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think to watch it. Mm-hmm. You were like, oh, it's nominated, so I watched it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Poor young lady. Yeah. Yeah, that that was probably the toughest of all the tough of all the tough watches. Uh, with the um, definitely uh, trigger warning, not right now, but for the movie, trigger warning for anyone who's experienced the loss of a of a baby. <laughs> um, very very um, tough watch. I um, I will say that at the end the, at the end of Pieces of a Woman, I wanted to know more about the characters like I was hoping that it was based on a book uh because I wanted to know more about like the mother was a holocaust survivor and things like that I just and I know that that's goes back to trauma (laughs) yes but but and I'm not I'm not necessarily saying it should have been in the movie because the movie had a very specific point I believe but the um but I would have liked to have gone back and read a book about this uh but it's based on a play so, oh. <laughs> so I'm not sure if the play uh, goes back goes in, into much more detail than the movie would. I, I highly doubt it. Mm-hmm. Although it might have a little bit more speechifying at some point, right. mm-hmm. but tch, tough watch, like yes. you said. And then, to me, the performance of the year mm-hmm. was um, Carrie Mulligan. I agree. Um, let's let's use that. Well, we'll come back to. The, the broader point, but okay. let's let's talk about how a performance can make a movie. Okay, you know, um, for me, this is a movie that rides on the lead because right. it's driven. It's called "Promising Young Woman." This right. movie is about this young woman, mm-hmm. and it takes her through a lot of twists and turns, both tonally both intentionally, you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. then traumatically. Mm-hmm. And so it's a movie that has been very discussed, right. very you know, divisive. But it's a role that I feel like is, carries the movie, mm-hmm. period. That's mm-hmm. all I'm, you know, right. period. It carries right. the movie. It's the lifeblood. It, it definitely, it definitely made, made people talk. And what you were saying about that it's about this woman, I feel like a lot of the criticism behind this movie is, like, just about her moral choices and uh, just – or about her choices in general, mm. about the ending, that the ending doesn't make sense, mm. you know? <laughs> so – but I think – I mean, it's a movie about the culture and specifically, um, like – rape culture again another trigger alert these movies were (laughs) very (laughs) intense this year but Um, so was 2020 so true absolutely so um so i would just say that i think i kind of felt like some of the criticism was was a little sexist um because i don't think that we look at um other 
movies about other like revenge fantasy type movies and say, well, what that character did doesn't make any sense. Well, the ending doesn't make any sense. That I mean, this this movie was about how that how like our culture and spe- specifically rape culture affects this one woman and the people around her and what she decides to do about it. That's it. It's not trying to solve the problem. It's not trying to uh, be realistic. It's like a horror fantasy, uh, very campy. Um, I went into it not knowing anything. So I think that, (laughs) unfortunately, I think that's probably the best way to see it. And uh, even though you knew a little bit and you liked it. I I had seen the trailer. Okay. So the trailer, yeah, I had seen the trailer. So, yeah. Yeah, a movie club friend, uh, Posted about it. And said, <laughs> how will? How can I see this movie? Yeah. Um, I don't want to stream it, and so that made me say, "Okay, I think I'm going to go to the theater and see." I that got movie. you back in. Yeah. <laughs> got you back in the yeah. game, so. and I did the same. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, it, 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 excellent performance to me. She deserves to win. Um, we'll see what happens because. Frances McDormand, people love Nomadland. Uh-huh. And then Viola Davis, if she only has one, it's easy to give her another Oscar, uh-huh. even though we'll talk about it, but it's curious that they didn't give the movie more flowers again. Right, right. You know? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Frances McDormand or Viola Davis want, wins. Um, I just want, I want Promising Young Woman to win something. And we'll get, in, we'll get into that. that. We'll get into that. I'm not going to be too upset if it doesn't win actor, but I, actress, but I believe that you're right, that she carried the movie. So I, I don't want to um, give the supporting actress nods a short shrift, but we are a little behind. Okay, okay, sorry. And so, no, it's, it's okay. all good. Okay. Um, so Borat, Maria Bakalova, <laughs> I saw her in the movie. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's exploitative, uh-huh. period. You know what I mean? She's, she, they give her a makeover. She's very silly. She's game for the shenanigans, uh-huh. but it's it's jackass shenanigans, uh-huh. and she's like tricking people. And in the end, Rudy Giuliani's in the movie with her, and he's putting his hands in his pants. And I'm like, yo, like this is awful. <laughs> this ev- everything about this movie is awful. So yeah. it's the worst movie of the year. Yeah, not an Oscar movie. This is another one I didn't see, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. I just don't. I don't. <laughs> I, again, you really like they really. Gave this movie Oscar love mm-hmm, anyway. Mm-hmm. So but what? So what's your prediction for that one? I'm Minari, because that's what I'm. You oh, know, okay. I'm gonna go straight. So Olivia Coleman, the father, she just got the big Oscar for um, favorite, favorite. Mm-hmm. which she deserves. She was excellent. Mm-hmm. Glenn Close could get it, but this movie is laughable. True. It's not. It's again. It's 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 a made for TV movie. Mm-hmm. They out here nominating made for TV movies. Mm-hmm. Give them an Emmy or something like that. But nah, <laughs> nah. And then Mank, I, Mank, 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 mm-hmm. Mank, Rain. We didn't need Mank. No, we didn't. We just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Minari, on the other hand, I'm going to now segue into the big okay. picture stuff here, right? So the nominees for the best pictures. I'm going to start with Minari because, to me, Minari did what uh, most of these movies did not do, which was give me dramatic tension mm-hmm. throughout the movie. A lot of them had grief and sadness, but no stakes. Minari was so wonderful because it gave you some grief and some trauma, but it had it all in in this family relationship, these interesting dynamics. Mm -hmm. The the grandmother deserved the Oscar. 
I, I agree with that. And yep. the relationship she had with the grandson mm -hmm. was so well done mm -hmm. and so lived in and so real with mm -hmm. such distinct characters. Mm -hmm. But then you also had the husband and the wife, mm -hmm. and then you had, like, the crops versus the nature, mm -hmm. and then you had, like, the crops versus the market. Right. And then, you know, health issues start to get into it mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it just had a lot of really intricate parts and moving pieces that mm -hmm. made it phenomenal. She deserves the Oscar. Mm -hmm. And this movie is one of my favorite movies of the best pictures. I yeah, I would I would agree. Um I think it's uh it's the movie that I would recommend to the most people, I would say. So that movie was nominated for Best Director. The other ones nominated for Best Director were Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and somehow they shoehorned another round in there. Yeah. Did you see another round? I did. All yeah. right. Real quick. That was a weird movie. It was It was weird. <laughs> I agree. I didn't get the tone because it was serious sometimes and it was fun sometimes. And then the end was like, they dancing. Uh-huh. And I'm like, your man's just, again, sp right. no spoiler alerts. But, <laughs> right. yo, you, you need to look out for your mans in them. And now... You dancing, and I was like, huh? Right, right, and that was uh, one of the international movies, and it is kind of, I think, I thought that was kind of weird to just throw in uh, that director. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was fine, but I don't know Oscar level. For international, I see it, but other than that, I, I don't see it. And again, for me, I'm going to go back to the, to, the, to the black representation mm -hmm. thing. Um, Spike Lee is an acclaimed director. Right. Say what you will about the Five Bloods. I feel like we have Mank. Right. It's 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 fine. Hit or miss. Ten Oscars. Mm -hmm. We had Irishman. You mm -hmm. know. It's it's fine. Yeah. Ten Oscars. Just the major director. Yeah. Puts out a, puts David out a movie Fincher, on Passion Price, you know, yeah. project. Spike Lee puts out a very interesting one. Uh huh. Nothing. Right. They, they gave it score or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, he's a well-known director that's never mm -hmm. won an Oscar for directing. Right. Just give him, give him his flowers. Right. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pretty upset about that one as well. Again. Um, yeah. Um, and then I just want to add, same on the other side, Regina King. Right. Exactly. Hollywood star. Finally starting to get the respect that she deserves. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal career takes up directing a very hard project, because you know how I feel about biopics right. and people <laughs> trying to channel the energy of famous people. Mm -hmm. Nails it. Right. Maybe not the, the most technical advanced movie, mm -hmm. but getting the dialogue right and getting actors and mm -hmm. the intimate spaces. Right. I agree. I, I really enjoyed that movie. Um, I, it's, it's really a shame that she's not on there. She and, she and Spike Lee, I would say... Um, I, I like that they're, you know, it's it's cool that there's two women nominated this time, but just yeah, I would say where's the love for some of the some of the other the other movies that are out there. So you know, Mank, really? Yeah. And Mank, I wanna say real quick, I really tried with this movie. <laughs> I watched I in preparation, I watched Citizen Kane, I watched a documentary about it, and then I watched Mank. I Fell asleep twice, <laughs> you know, like in two to two separate viewings. Then I was gonna just finish it, but I decided to watch it again to start over. 
still, I, I didn't fall asleep, but I was kind of doing other things. I wasn't <laughs> focused on it. And it's just not good. I mean, like, it's just not good. Preach. <laughs> I mean, I liked Amanda. Speaking. I liked Amanda Seyfried's performance, and I like her. So I wouldn't be upset if she wins uh, for supporting actress. But just the movie overall, it's I, I don't I don't I don't see it. So again, that's that's how I felt about Mank. I, I've stated my thoughts on all of these movies. Mm-hmm. To me, of all the movies nominated, um, it's a two horse race between Minari and Promising Young Woman to me. Uh-huh. The rest of the movies, I don't ever have to see again. You know, um, mm-hmm. Sound of Metal was fine. Fine movies. Mm-hmm. Hey, I would have put stuff like Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always. That was, yeah. I love Palm Springs. It's I, 2020. Mm-hmm. Throw some comedy on there. Right. You know, like I said, Five Bloods, One Time in My, um, One Night in Miami. Mm-hmm. But for you, okay, let's let's get down to the brass tacks for you. Okay. Which movies? Do you have a ranking? Um, I would say my top three were Promising Young Woman, Minari, Sound of Metal. I, um, as far as what's nominated. Okay. Um, I don't know what's going to win. I would say different than last year. I don't think anything, any one movie is going to like sweep, you know, um, the production and directing categories, um, like Parasite did and writing, um, but so, yeah, so I would so I would say Minari is my one that I would definitely recommend to the most people. Okay. Uh, Sound of Metal, uh, very interesting. You're gonna have to put up with a little bit of a little bit of the heavy metal lifestyle, <laughs> a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, you know, it's definitely an R. It's definitely an R rated movie. It, it is. <laughs> so, and I think all of these are, but uh, but that one definitely definitely is. Um, Promising Young Woman, kind of the same thing. Not everyone's gonna like that movie. Um, every you know everyone's gonna have different expectations for it, but I th- but I think I'm not sure I'm not sure I understand you as a person if you don't like Minari. <laughs> that a, <laughs> and I hope that that will be available to see. Uh, I don't know if that's on anything right now, but it's it's they still getting twenty dollars out of people oh, for okay. that one. Okay. Um, Promising Young Woman, you can get for $6 right. now. You can rent that. S- I did see that. Uh, the Father's still $20. I looked for a second. I was like, can I fit Father in? I was like, not for $20. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I saw, I saw that one in the theaters. So <laughs> <laughs> I got a, got a $5, $5 Tuesday on that one. So, so Minari, you said, yo, if you don't like Minari, I don't know what your life is about. Like, come on now. Um, anything that you really like that didn't get nominated that you would have put in the uh, contenders list. Like nominated for anything? Uh, It could have been, I mean. Because I would say uh, one movie that you have mentioned you didn't see, but um, Let Them All Talk, Uh, that's a Steven Soderbergh. So it's kind of like, you know, David Fincher puts out this movie, you know, Martin Scorsese a couple of years ago, Spike Lee gets ignored, Steven Soderbergh, his, that was a project with Meryl Streep. He did that project. He did that movie with her, um, The Laundromat or something, yes, um, a yeah. couple of years and ago. And they ignored that one, too. Yeah, but that, right. that one wasn't very good. I, did, I didn't particularly like that one. <laughs> this one, I, I mean, not, it's not everyone's going to like it. It's very it's just straightforward. It's a story about four old friends. It's got Diane Weiss, Candace Bergen, Meryl Streep, and um, one other I can't think of right this second. Um, but... Um, just a very, very straightforward, good movie. 
Um, and I think, like, as a, as a Candace Bergen fan and a Murphy Brown fan, uh, the Murphy Brown fans out there were really <laughs> expecting, <laughs> really hoping that Candace Bergen would get nominated because there was a little bit of buzz about that early on. And so that was disappointing, especially when you see, like, Glenn Close in this, like you said, made-for-TV movie. Ron, Ron Howard, but, I mean, like, Ron Howard's... He's, yeah, he's, he's young. Too. He's too young. Yeah. He's got he doesn't he doesn't deserve the, you know Yeah, the automatic the automatic know. nominations for yeah. So You know, that's the that's one of the things I think. I don't think they watched these movies this year. <laughs> they were on their phone, they were eating, they were in meetings. Could be. Could and be. I, I honestly think a lot of these movies went through because of the the buzz on mm-hmm. them this year and mm-hmm. not because people watched these varying degrees of films. There were some good ones. I'll put it like this. There were some very good movies, some very interesting movies, and some very interesting choices to be made. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Hollywood instead, to me, picked movies that, as usual, nobody's going to care about in five years, ten years. And in a year like 2020 where there was so much going on and there were a few interesting choices and there was so much like uproar about rights and representation and diversity they got the diversity part down mm-hmm. but they did it for the wrong kind of reasons. yeah kind of in like the wrong way yeah yeah but so. sh- still shout out to all the wonderful women nominated the people of color south korea is killing things minari might be the best picture this year you said you think it's the best i i am going to give my vote to Promising young woman. Okay, okay. Well, I, we're I, I I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. I'm not, I would not be upset if I, that I wins. I just <laughs> think that's one where <laughs> 10, 20 years down the line, people will be watching it like, yo, that's a wild movie. That's I agree. That's really interesting. And still kind of arguing about the merits about it. And so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, but that's us. That's what we <laughs> think. We'll find out when the Oscars come on. They're Sunday. Sunday. 25th. 25th. We gonna um <laughs> get any of these right at all? You think we're gonna be like wrong? wrong uh, well, we wrong. were uh, we were uh, almost a hundred percent right last year, except for writing. Yeah. So, um, so I would say maybe not maybe not quite as close because it's not <laughs> it it doesn't seem as predictable this year. Yeah, so, you but, know. And there's things that are gonna make me mad. Things that are gonna make me happy. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. And that's that's the name of the game. But I still love movies. Still love movies. Glad to have y'all back, you know, even in this strange way. Always glad to talk movies and watch movies with my movie buddy. Yo. Great. It's great to be here. I, I love doing this. Alrighty, uh, do alrighty. And you know what? We're going to bring you back sooner this time because we're going to, you know, maybe do some projects and some movie swaps and stuff. So, you know. Okay, I'll look, I'll look forward to that. <laughs> all righty, all righty. Thank you very, very much as always. Shout out to Hugo Studios. Shout out to Libby V. We out of here. Peace. <laughs>